0: There are a lot of other stats he has on his site. I can't wait to personally see the pie charts and all when the trip is done. <laughs> but everything from how many people have flicked you off and, and how that relates to the miles oh, yeah. ridden, I think it was one person, I, I'll look it up here, one person every 84 days. So not, That's not bad. Not That's bad. bad. <laughs> this is the, final the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 221. The shortest driving route that would take you through all 48 continental United States plus D.C. is 6,872 miles, starting in South Berwick, Maine, and ending in Taft, Montana. Only 6,800 miles? That's child's play for today's guest. I have been lucky enough to do a lot of traveling in my life, but one of my life goals ever since I was a little kid was to cycle across the United States. My uncles did it when they were younger. I had friends in high school who cycled across the United States, but after today's show, I'm beginning to think a little bigger. But no matter where I'm traveling, whether that's cycling across the United States, whether that's in Thailand, Indonesia, all over the world, I'm gonna have my Tortuga backpack with me. In my mind, it is the best travel backpack out there. So if you are looking for a good travel backpack, make sure to head on over to tortugabackpacks.com. They're also coming out with some new products. So you're gonna wanna check that out at tortugabackpacks.com. And if you do decide to pick up a backpack or any of the things they offer over there, make sure to use the special promo code EPOP E-P-O-P all capital letters because that will get you 10% off your entire order. One, two, three. I'll show you Paris in the morning. I'll show Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who shares three of my biggest passions, travel, biking, and peanut butter, Brian Diapis from BicycleAroundAmerica.com. Brian, thanks for joining us today. And uh, where are you right now?
1: I'm hanging outside a Panera Bread in the Villages, Florida right now.
0: <laughs> oh, I've, I've actually been to that Panera Bread, coincidentally <laughs> enough. Yes.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. Definitely a lot of old people around here. It's not my style, but it's a beautiful place for sure. You
0: know? Yeah, good enough for a, for a quick Wi-Fi break, right? So you can hop on the podcast.
1: Exactly. I'm trying to find a sneaky, quiet place to stay, but everybody's so busy in there, it's crazy. So I came outside, enjoy the weather.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, Brian, thanks for joining us. And you'll notice, guys, that I said bicyclearoundamerica.com, not bicycle across America, which (laughs) might seem more like what people are used to. So, Brian, I definitely want you to uh, give us some details of your trip. But first, what's really cool, I'm going to give the listeners a little bit of insider info. What's really cool about the whole travel community and uh, and everyone who's doing unique stuff that, that come on the podcast is that you hear about everyone's stories and you know, it seems like you're only one person away or or two degrees of separation. And so, Brian, I only heard about your story, what was it, like uh, less than a week ago?
1: Yeah, about a week, yeah.
0: <laughs> and now you're hopping on the podcast through a mutual friend, uh, Matt Horowitz, who is a member of our Location Indie community um, that we run over at locationindie.com. he. Correct me if I'm wrong. He was cycling with you last week through Miami or something like that.
1: Yeah, he was. Well, I found him on uh, Couchsurfing, and I sent him, he seemed like a really cool guy. I sent him a request. He said, come on over. So on our way out, he came with me. He's like, I'll ride with you for a little bit. I'll ride you out of town is what he said. I'll ride you out of town. Twenty-seven miles later, he's like, "Yeah, I should probably turn around." You know, <laughs> great
0: guy. <laughs> yeah, so it's just it's so awesome how things like that happen, and, and that's what it's all about with travel and and with doing the location independent thing and building businesses and, and leading this what we'll call unconventional lifestyles is the people that you haphazardly meet that are then doing awesome things and the ability to share in those whether it be through this podcast or whether it be in person. Um, which is really, really cool. So I want you to share a little bit about the details of your ride, because again, it's not bicycle across America. It's bicycle around America. So What are you doing? What the heck are you doing, Brian?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I love your emphasis on the around because it's been my biggest uh, pet peeve. The word across is actually like a swear word to me this year because I, for some reason, I can't get people to stop saying it. You know, on the media, I've been on the news all over the country, and and usually the the news uh, story opens up and says, okay, veteran riding across America. No, it's not across, it's around. There's a very big difference between across and around. So I really appreciate your emphasis on that. But uh, yeah, the the name is exactly what what it implies. I'm riding around America, pretty much the entire perimeter. So I started in New York City on May 4th, and I went north to uh, Portland, Maine. And that was my first first left-hand turn. That was my first corner. Then I came across New York. I went underneath the lakes. I stayed in America and uh, eventually made my way to Seattle. That was my second corner. So that's already across right there. (laughs) Check that. And then uh, from Seattle, I worked my way down the coast, beautiful coast on a bicycle for sure, down to San Diego. That was my third corner. Um, And then I crossed the country again. Now I'm heading back. Uh, I I, uh, hit Miami just a few weeks ago or so. It hasn't been that long. I'm in Florida still. So I hit Miami. That's my fourth corner. And now it's just the short ride from uh, let's see. I'm in the village. so just north of Orlando to New York City. That's the short, the short stint, the last little bit. <laughs> yeah, just,
0: just a. Uh, you said, oh, it's just a little difference between the word across and around. It's what, like an eight thousand mile difference, or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like that.
1: exactly. Yeah, it's a little bit like uh, I'm doing just under four times that distance. So it's a, it's a big, uh, it's a big difference.
0: <laughs> that is insane, and I love that because um, a buddy of mine who's come on the podcast quite frequently, a buddy of mine, Nick, we've always talked. About about doing something like that, like not just across, but we actually came up with this idea like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool to do the perimeter of America? Because it kind of, uh, the perimeter of stuff gets left out, right? I mean, yeah, you go yeah. across and you're, everyone says, oh, you're going to go across America. Let's, let's use that as an example. You know, you got three routes you can take, basically north, middle, or south, right? And uh, you can go off that in any way you want, but the perimeter, yeah, you, you get left out if you're kind of in those perimeters sometimes. So it's cool that you're giving it some love there.
1: Exactly, exactly, and it really works out too because, like you said, um, if you just go across, you really miss a lot of people. And, and the point of this ride is to to speak to as many people, certainly students, but but uh, even adults. I speak in corporations and schools all over the country, and most of the people are on the coast. So the best way to, to to access or to engage with as many people as possible is by hitting those coasts. Well, if I'm going to hit the coast, I might as well go across too. You know, there's no need to you know just just do it. You're doing the whole thing, just do it. Yeah,
0: why why are you going <laughs> to skip out at all? You're already exactly. doing all the whole the whole country, so you might no, want well to call
1: me a slacker. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think by the time you're finished, it's going to be hard for people to do to call you a slacker. You, I hope you, so. Maybe maybe next time for your next trip, you'll have to make sure you'll hit you hit all 50. You know there's that thing on facebook now of the best or, or shortest i don't know what it is best or shortest how to hit all 50 states or, or i guess at least all 48 if you're doing a road trip um but i think you might actually be doing more miles than that because if i'm wrong i might be it might be like 11,000 miles to hit all 50 if you're like just touching each or all 48 if you're just touching each state i think you've got that beat so even to those <laughs> yeah. people you're not a slacker man <laughs> I'm
1: top the cake you know i do it all and some of these miles like uh most of those I'm at about 107 right now about 10700 and, uh, the, the vast majority of those miles were fully loaded, but every once in a while, like when I get into a city where I'll be speaking, I ditch the bag so that the bike is a little bit lighter. And then I run to schools and I run to a lot of VFWs and corporations and things like that. So, uh, and I count those miles, but they're like my unloaded miles. So, um, yeah, most of those miles have been with a 115 pound bicycle.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. So tell, all right, how did this come about? Because, you know, people listen like, all right, cool idea, but like, why, why bicycle around America? You kind of touched a little bit on the fact that you're speaking and all that, but how long ago did it come about and why did you actually say, all right, I'm, I'm going to go do it?
1: Sure. Sure. You know, it's, it's an interesting story. Actually, I, I had spent a lot of time overseas. I, uh, I was in the military from 2004 to 2008. I was in the, um, airborne infantry in the army and, uh, I saw a lot of poverty in Iraq. I was deployed for about 19 or 20 months total. Uh, in two deployments. And then uh, I came home, I went to college, uh, got my degree, and then I went back to uh, Southeast Asia. Since the government paid for my college, I really, I had no debt, I could do some traveling, and I always wanted to experience different cultures. I know you can relate to this. So oh, That's awesome. Um, government exactly. didn't pay for
0: my schooling, but I also didn't serve my country. So, that,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, I was in uh, Southeast Asia, and I, I really got to experience different cultures, and, and it's just a different world, as you know. It's just a different world over there, and I saw a lot of poverty, and, and the craziest thing happened. I was, in, uh, I was in northern Vietnam at the time, and I just woke up one morning, and I decide, I just said, I'm going to ride my bicycle around the entire country. to to raise awareness and funds for the things that I've seen, the poverty that I've seen over here. And it was crazy. I had never done any bicycle touring. The, The bicycle I'm riding now is my first road bike. I've done a little bit of mountain biking and BMX, things like that when I was younger, but no road biking, nothing. I've never even met anybody that had ridden across the country or anything. So I just woke up. And I said, this is exactly what's going to happen. I broke out my phone. I started taking a bunch of notes and I knew exactly what had to happen. In, you know, like uh, I'd say like 90% of the trip was planned within those first 30 minutes of my waking up. So it was like, here we go. Let's do it. And that's, uh, that's how it all – the rest is just uh, following through. It's just making it happen. Okay, what, what needs to happen next? Because it will happen. What needs to happen next? And then just making it happen.
0: How long ago was that 30-minute epiphany? How long ago was it that you woke up to then when you actually started the trip?
1: Right. Okay. Let's see. That was uh, twelve. I would say that was two thousand and thirteen. I think that was April of thirteen, and then uh, February. No, February, March, April, March, May, May of uh, fifteen is when I took off. So it was about a two-year gap, about a year and a half, two-year gap, something like that, until it actually happened. And the reason why, believe it or not, this is uh, this is going to be hard to believe, but it's actually hard. To get charities on board. Like, I had written very professional proposals telling uh, many different charities what I was going to do. I had researched some charities that I was leaning towards and really wanted to help, and uh, I contacted them, and they pretty much said, you know, we're not interested in accepting the funds that you'll raise. (laughs) So I I don't know why. And uh, I I think that maybe um, many of them didn't believe that I was going to do what I said I was going to do. I didn't know anybody personally, so it was kind of just a, a cold. Uh, sponsor, you know, request to uh, to raise money for them, and they're like, "Who's this guy? You know, get out of here." So now that it's actually happening, I think uh, I, well, I hope they regret it because things are going really well. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think you're right. <laughs> to be fair, you know, they must get all types of stuff all the time from, yeah, again, these random people saying random things and. Maybe some of them follow through, or some of them will, but probably a lot don't. And I, I want to touch on the charity aspect because the, now, as you mentioned, you, you know you're you're almost done, you're almost yeah, there, right? That's right. Um, and you've done a lot for charity. So, how did you end up deciding on the two charities that you are now working with?
1: Yeah. So um, the the first one is called Pencils of Promise, and they build schools and train teachers. Well. I actually had a friend because I was, I'm very um, you know I was a teacher in Southeast Asia for, for about three years, a little less than three years. and uh, I had a friend say, oh, you should check out Pencils of Promise because they're very education oriented and they build schools in developing countries in poor, poor places. So I said, this is perfect. And I, I did a little research, I found out that they're fantastic, their numbers are great. It's a great organization. And I contacted them, and they immediately jumped on board. They said, we think this would be fantastic. So they were extremely uh, helpful with getting – I got a little page going on their website and got everything rocking and rolling. They've been great ever since. So um, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, the second charity is called the National Military Family Association, and uh, these guys were one they, – they picked me up after I just uh, sent them an email saying, hey, here's what I'm going to do. And uh, they focus on military families, and uh, also mainly the kids too. They provide scholarships for the kids, and they do a lot of lobbying in uh, in DC to help military families. So I'm I'm really you know I was in the military from 2004 to 2008, and I understand how difficult, how challenging it is to have a uh, family in while you're in the military because you know that one spouse is deployed, and it's just long hours, and it's really tricky for kids to understand that family structure. So that's why I decided to help them. But they jumped on board because. Um, they, you know, I sent them a proposal. They called me back and said, "Are you really going to do this?" I said, "Yes." And they said, "All right, let's do it." So I got, got in touch with them, and the rest is history.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, pencils of promise. If if anyone listening, some of you may know, we also work with pencils of promise over at Location India when we run our Paradise Pack project, and they have always been super fantastic. When we went to their offices in New York, uh, maybe I don't know if you've been, Brian, but if you get a chance, their offices in New York, they're great. They're it's fun environment. We recorded a podcast from there. And, oh, nice. um, yeah, if anyone else is interested in learning more about Pencil of Promise, a, a charity that both of us feel strongly about in the educational component, uh, we actually did an interview with Adam Braun, the founder of Pencil Promise. So he's been on the podcast. I can't remember the number, guys, but uh, just search for Adam Braun in, in iTunes uh, or on our page uh, at extrapacketpants.com slash pods. He goes into why he started it and all. I won't touch on all that. Go listen to that. But that's awesome that you're a part of that, Brian, because I agree with you. They. Uh, all the funding that you raise when people donate goes to 100% to them building the school and all their salaries and uh, for the workers and all is privately donated by other people. So that's what's so awesome exactly. about what they
1: do. Yeah, I love it too. And and Adam's great. I'll actually go into a little why he did because it's very similar to why I did. I mean he, had a, a, he wrote a book, a fantastic book called The Promise of a Pencil. And I read that and was blown away and knew that I wanted to be a part of this organization. And uh, he had a near-death experience on a boat. And uh, his ship almost went down, and I had, uh, as you can imagine, a few near-death experiences being in the infantry and in, in Iraq and in Baghdad for 15 months. I mean, there were some serious instances over there that, that jarred me, and it really put a new sense of purpose into my life. And I feel the same had uh, happened with Adam when that when his ship almost went down. But his thing was he would go around uh go around into different countries and ask kids if you could have anything in the world what would it be and he expected their answers to be similar to ours i want a ferrari you know i want a mansion and it was nowhere near that they would just say i want a book or i want a pencil and and uh, i saw a lot of that when i traveled too it's like these kids live so simply and and just a little bit of effort on our part can change their lives literally change their lives completely for the better and and then uh And it's like a snowball effect. Their lives are changing and they help their kids. And we really have huge potential here in America to be able to help those people. And that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, it is so awesome and it, and and they're so clear about the mission and Adam's story resonates with with us. Obviously, both of us spent oh, a lot yeah. of time in Southeast Asia, so did he. You know, and and you see that firsthand and that's why I love it so much. It's 25,000 to build a school. So you know, hey, if I can hit this, it's just super cut and dry, which I think a lot of times with charity and nonprofits you don't get that and that's on purpose with them, transparent. Completely, twenty five grand. You build a school, as as some of you listening um, know. You know, you help support us. We got a school last year built, um, which is just amazing. So I love it too. So if anyone is interested, you know, it's on your page as well, Brian, and and we've talked about it before. And Adam came on the podcast. So if you're into the education component and you're like, hey, I'm looking for something to support, pencils of promise, hands down for me, one of the best best charities out there, which is awesome that you, that they got on board with you and sounds exactly right. Your experience with them as, as the same experience that I've had with them. Oh,
1: absolutely. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them in New York. They've actually invited me. They said, come on by, we're going to do a couple pictures and uh, I'm going to get to meet a lot of the crew that I've been coordinating uh, you know, uh, talking to over uh, email. So I'm really excited about it
0: very very cool. Now, you're talking before about the the two-year gap, right? And and the big thing was getting the charities on board. What about the planning and preparation for your trip? Because, you know, as you said, 90% of it happened in 30 minutes you knew what you were going to do. So, what did you have to do? Did you physically prepare, you know, talk about something like that because I know a lot of people like us Come up with these crazy ideas. You know, everyone has these spur of the moment, like you mentioned, wake up or, or maybe it's right before you go to bed. You're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then you just let it fade because it fizzles right away. Typically, yeah, yeah. you know, you, <laughs> if you don't do it, it fizzles and they get stuck with the oh, I have to do a thousand things to prepare. What did you do?
1: <laughs> yeah, well um, like I said, with me, it was so powerful. I knew that it was going to happen. And, and that's kind of the way, like my friends and family who know me really well, they know that's, that's how I operate. When I put my mind to something, it is absolutely done. I mean, you can consider it done. So that's really more my style. But as far as preparation is concerned, I just, um, I read a couple books on bicycle touring. I wanted to know what it was about, you know, cause I, I knew I was going to do it. I better learn something, you know, about it. So I read uh, other bicycle touring books and then, um, uh, as far as physically, I, I've always been in pretty good shape. So, um, you know, I did a couple spin classes and things like that. But when I got home, I just got home from uh, Jakarta, <clears throat> Jakarta, Indonesia. For, with about two months to spare before taking off from New York City. And I'm from Southern Pennsylvania, from York, Pennsylvania. And uh, I had a stationary bicycle and I tried, I said, okay, I'm going to ride this one hour every day. And it wasn't, believe it or not, it wasn't for my leg muscles. It was for my butt. You know, you got to get ready to sit on a small seat for a long time. So um, I had, uh, you know, the three points of contact, your butt, your feet and your hands. Now I had done a lot. I'd done cycling like mountain bikes and things like that. So I was um, I was okay, and it, it you know it just got in shape. Everything worked out. So I did a lot of uh, a little bit of physical stuff. Um, I read a lot about it, so I knew what I had to do. And then uh, you know I just made it. It's it's really about pulling the trigger. It's not you know too much planning. You may talk yourself out of it. If you just really jump off the cliff and put the put together the airplane while you're falling, you're good to go. You gotta do it, so you do it. So I, I made sure my first couple days out of New York City were short, like 50 miles, something like that, and then uh, worked myself into shape, into bicycle shape then, and um, you know, just made it happen. I just take on each challenge as it comes. It's really pretty simple.
0: What about the stuff that you had to bring with you? Because whether it's bike touring or traveling in general, what I find is that people think they need so much, you know, even just packing for like a three week trip through, you know, you're going to backpack through Asia and you just pack everything where I used to when I was first starting out and now I, I know better. What about you starting this? Because here you are gonna you're gonna take off on this epic journey. Did you overpack and get rid of stuff, or were you were you pretty like militant? You know, pardon the pun on uh, on what you were bringing.
1: Yeah, you know, I read that too. I read everybody packs too much, and I knew that from traveling abroad. I you know you always have bring way too much stuff so i decided okay that's all right i'm gonna pack what i think i need and but the thing with the the bicycle you only have so much space so even if you wanted to bring more you, you can't really cram it in these little bags so I knew, you know, I pack everything that I thought I need, but I was going to see my brother in Boston. And that's about 320 miles or so from New York City. So I said, okay, whatever I can ditch then, it's perfect. I can ditch it all with him. Don't even have to pay for shipping. I'll just leave it at his place. And that's exactly what I did. I ended up ditching all kinds. I don't need that. I don't need this. And then, uh, and then and I, I was streamlined from there. I had it down pat.
0: <laughs> what kind of stuff did you ditch at his house? I'm, I'm curious. Like what were the stuff that you're like, Oh man, no way yeah. this is going another 15,000 miles with me basically.
1: Yeah. Um, I had, I think I had two pairs of, um, not sweatpants, but like cold weather gear. And I didn't need, you know, I just need one pair of cold weather gear and I'll, you know, I'll wash that every time I get a chance. Uh, what else did I leave? I actually left, um, I think I had like a, a, an extra can of mace, you know, for dogs and things like that. I'm like, I don't need that. You know, I've got one can, I do need two, you know, it's ridiculous. So ditch that. I think I was, um, I think I was carrying, you know, I can't really remember that. a lot of food. I, I had this, this obsession. Like I, you know, I burn a lot of calories every day. I'm on the road and I'm really cranking down the miles and I eat like a horse. So I had this obsession. When I walk inside grocery stores, I'm like, food this is fantastic and i always buy just as, as much as i can cram into my bag i realized okay i got to ease up I, so i left a little bit of peanut butter with him i left you know left some stuff there but uh it's been pretty good yeah
0: awesome how how planned was your route before you took off and then how much have you delineated or uh like gone off from that
1: yeah Uh, you know what? A lot of people ask me that, and I don't have specific roads that I take. What I did was I looked at the map of the United States and I found the biggest cities. I'm going to hit this city, this city. And I also, uh, planned out the corners too, like the, obviously the corner cities. And, uh, Uh, So the rest of the ride is just the shortest distance between these two cities. And sometimes they're very far apart, like crossing the plains and stuff. I mean, you know, big distances between those cities. But uh, so it hasn't been like I'm going to take this road and then that road, not even close. It Usually the morning of, I've gotten really good at it now, the morning of I'll wake up I'll get on uh, Google maps and you can select bicycle routes and then it tells you like good bicycle routes to take and I kind of say oh that's a little out of the way I'll just take this main road or whatever and then and then I just go from there a lot of times I ask like local people hey what's the best way if they're like a cyclist or something usually they know the roads very well and they say um, I ask them where where should I go and they say oh, definitely take this route it's beautiful so I really just do one one day at a time really.
0: Wow. that's that's crazy. Now, was that even from the beginning or has that been a transition throughout the ride where you've become more comfortable with? All right, I know I'm going to wake up like I know I'm going to get there. I feel like myself in the beginning would be like, all right, let's plan it out pretty hardcore so that I'm not, you know, in the middle (laughs) of nowhere at at night, um, things like that. Has it has it been a transition?
1: Uh, no, you know what? I kind of started off right from the bat. I said, nice. you know, I'll just wing it. Cause I did, uh, I did one training session. I did like a 55 miles out, 55 miles back uh, before I left. And, and I found like, you know what? I, I could just wing it. And and really like the, the tricky part are cities. You know, I want to know how, how i the best way to get through a city because usually between city between uh cities in the open area there's only one or two roads that gets there anyway so that's simple you just choose one or the other or whatever but uh in the cities i like to know bicycle routes so i select the you know the bicycle route and then that that takes me through the cities usually the best i usually follow the the, the city recommendations pretty closely but yeah i just jumped into it and said okay let's let's make it happen and yeah you know, I, I really transitioned with that one <laughs>
0: that is incredible day to day what does it look like for you like are you fixated not on a number but like are you saying all right I'm gonna try to get to this place or is it hey I'm gonna wake up I'm gonna bike and you know maybe I'm not gonna feel great today so I'll only get half of what I need done or are you are you following somewhat of a schedule
1: yeah well I'm on a tight schedule I'm on a tight schedule because I have to be able to tell schools that I'll be here at this time so I have my schedule all routed out till um, until uh, New York City, so all the way to the finish because I have to tell schools when I'll be where, and uh, that's also on my website. You know, bicyclearoundamerica.com. You can find the schedule page, and it tells you exactly where I'll be when. Uh, so that's been pretty easy. But um, as far as like individual days, I I usually plan out probably about seven days ahead. I try to get to about a week ahead. And, uh, and, and, that's so I can find places to sleep. You know, like I do, I do a lot of couch surfing. I'm sure you're a couch sur- surfing expert. I do a lot of, there's a bicycle touring application called warm showers. And that's, that's pretty cool. Usually those are bicycle tourists uh, who open up their homes to allow you to crash. It's like the couch surfing version of bicycles. And, uh, so usually I plan about one week, about seven days out and figure out where I'll be those seven nights and then just make it happen. But there are other times like when I was crossing, let's say when I was crossing the South, like Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, uh, I really would just ride all day because i was I was racing to Austin to get to my next talk at uh, Charles Schwab. And I would ride all day long. And then when, as soon as the sun was coming down, I would uh, just you know, look and see if there are any cars coming. Okay, I'm good. i jump off into the bushes and set up my tent and just crash for a couple hours. So those days, I really didn't have anything planned. But for the most part, and from here to the finish, in metropolitan areas, I can usually find a place to stay. So I planned it out that way.
0: You know, if you broke it down by numbers, would it, was it half the time you're staying with people, whether it be through warm showers, uh, which is an awesome, awesome thing for bike touring, or couch surfing, and then half camping on your own or is it more one than the other
1: yeah you know i can tell you exactly because i keep an extremely detailed excel sheet <laughs> so, nice that's uh, the type I, I, of yeah. man i love. that's awesome <laughs> i got all my stats and at the end of the project i'm gonna like really dial it in and tell everybody like in pie charts like exactly what's going on so i'm really i'm a, I'm a total nerd i gotta i gotta admit so uh Anyway, yeah, I'm at about 80-20 right now. Maybe a little bit better than 80-20 as far as 80% under a roof and 20% uh, out in a tent. Um, that really is due to most of, um, you know, first, couch surfing is huge. That's it's extremely helpful. Warm showers, extremely helpful but also I have friends all over the country from being in the military and uh, and then they have friends all over the country so you know 6 degrees of separation this is really a big one for me cuz they're like oh you're going here I've got a friend there and then sure enough I meet up with them so I've seen uh, I'm up to I'm up to 10 of my old army buddies I've seen 10 of them I've seen uh, my mom's sister lives in texas i've seen all kinds of friends of friends all over the place it's really it's been an amazing journey connecting with all my old friends and doing doing it all for a great cause too it's just been fantastic
0: yeah that is so cool that and, and who's not gonna love that you know if you say hey you mind if i crash at your place for for uh, a night you know probably for you it's even harder because maybe you're ready to decompress and chill out a little bit and i bet everyone wants to pepper you and oh we're only gonna see you for a night it's probably a little crazy for you right <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's totally true. Like I you know, I get there and they got tons of questions, like what in the world are you doing? You know. So uh I gotta answer all the questions, but it's fine. I completely understand. You know, I know everybody's really curious. I certainly would hammer other people with questions like, Okay, how did you do this? Or what about that? So I completely I'm totally understanding and I really enjoy I really enjoy conversations and reconnecting with old friends and meeting t- thousands of new friends. It's been great.
0: Yeah, and you pro and you and you get a lot of alone time, obviously, uh biking, you know, since this trip uh is, is a solo mission as a whole, like no one's with you the whole time, you probably get enough alone time while you're out there on the bike that, uh, yeah, it's nice to be around friends and family right. and have that conversation every other <laughs> night or what it, whatever it be.
1: Definitely. That's definitely true. You know, a lot of people ask me that. They say, are you lonely? You know, out on the road for so many hours and just doing your thing. And and the truth is, I'm not. I mean, I developed quite a, a social media following now that, that I have a lot of people like getting in touch with me and rooting me on and saying, good luck. You know, it's been great. So um, it's been a lot of fun. I don't feel lonely. Also, I have a, a subscription to audible.com. So I listen to a lot of books on stage on the road. I'm real careful. I've got, you know, like hands free. I got my earphones in or whatever, and I can still hear it. I got a mirror so I can see behind me. But I listen to a lot of books on tape. It's been and a whole lot of podcasts. I've listened to your podcast in uh, New Mexico a long time ago. I was listening to you. I'm like, man, this is cool. But it was making me want to travel abroad. So I'm like, I got to quit listening to, you know, I'm only in America. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's been a very educational year. So I don't feel very lonely. I got to get in my miles and do my thing. But it's not it's not it hasn't been lonely really at all.
0: Yeah, well, how do you think I feel? I have to bring on people who are all telling me about these adventures. Every time I get off a podcast, I have another thing added to my list of things that I want to do. So, you know, here I am, get off this podcast in a while, little while, and I'm going to go to Heather and say, hey, guess what I'm going to do? I'm biking around, uh, around the U.S., not across, you know? So
1: that's so true. That's I, I didn't even think about it from your perspective. But I was feeling the same thing. I'm like, man, he's got this guy. He's got that guy. I got to do that. I got to do that every single one. <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it's, it's an awesome problem, problem, air quote, <laughs> to have. Um, and, and you do. You talked a little bit about the travel that you're doing, obviously, around the U.S., um, And uh, not across, around. We'll keep mentioning that. But then you you did spend a good amount of time uh, over in Southeast Asia teaching. Have you always been passionate about travel? Like, was that something growing up that you did a lot with the family? Or is this something that you've really kind of come into your own after the military, or maybe even before the military?
1: Yeah, you know, not really. I mean, when I was a kid, I we didn't travel much. We weren't really into traveling, and uh, most of my family doesn't really travel. But after I joined the military and I was deployed to Iraq, I, that was the first time I really saw a completely different world. It was like, wow, this, this is day and night. It's just completely different. And uh, that gave me a little bit of, a, a, of a, a longing to see what the rest of the world is like. And also, this is really important. It gave me a sense of fearlessness. I mean, after being in the military, jumping out of airplanes and doing missions in the middle of the night, like really intense stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure I could handle like traveling. You know, that's not that's not that big a deal. <laughs> so I, I became fearless and and really wanted to experience different cultures. And then as soon as I did get over, you know, I was in a Southeast Asia. I just I loved learning about people and and learning how other people live, and it was it was fascinating to me and and a lot of fun. And one thing led to the next. You know,
0: <laughs> so. W- with you, is there something on the horizon, like now that you've done, you're not finished this trip, but when you're done this, you've done the bike touring. Is there something on the horizon where you want to continue doing bike touring or is it something you think, all right, I did it once. It was a cool way to do it, but maybe, and I don't want to spoil for anyone because we're going to ask you what's in the pipeline later in the podcast, but is it something that you could see yourself doing in other places, whether it be internationally or in some other zany way across the U.S. or around the U.S. again, or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I love bicycle touring, no doubt about it. It's a great way to meet people. It's an awesome icebreaker too. Like when I'm just hanging out anywhere outside a shop or Starbucks or you know McDonald's or whatever, people see the bike and they're like, "Where are you going? What are you doing?" So it's a great way to meet tons of people. It's an awesome icebreaker. But as far as doing it, you know, I like to shift gears a lot. I like to do this for a while and then do this for a while and like really, um, you know, take on totally different challenges. And I feel like, especially now after 10,000 some miles, I've mastered the bicycle thing and I'm ready to move on. But I would do it again. I mean, I would certainly do it again. But if I did bicycle touring, I wouldn't do America. I'd do other countries like Europe or something like that, maybe Asia. So I would uh, switch gears as opposed to where I was. And uh, another really big thing, I wouldn't do it to uh, raise money for charity. I mean, it's a great way to raise money for charity, but I'm the kind of guy that takes things to the extreme, like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right, so this project, this year has turned into like a full-blown charity operation and now I can't I can't stop, like I can't slow down, I ha- if I could do more, if I can do more, I always do. So what I need, the only way I'll prevent myself from doing that is by simply saying, okay, this is my vacation, I'm going to, this is just going to be me riding the bike and that's the only way I can prevent it. But um, yeah, that's, that's it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's an important <laughs> point because you know, we, we get a lot of people coming on the podcast, and, and I, I think there's a there's a distinct difference, and I felt this in my own life with travel between traveling, whether it be for your quote unquote job or or working while you're traveling or raising money for a charity or doing something like that, and then traveling and just getting off and doing it for your own personal reasons and maybe you don't blog about it or you're not podcasting about it or you're not on social media you know and you can do all that even if it's for your own reasons but there is there's a big difference in how you approach it and also how it affects you and not one's not better than the other but i think that only if you've done that can you realize oh yeah this is a lot different than if i was just hopping on my bike and i was going to be doing this for myself
1: Right, right. There are a lot of sights to be taken in, especially on a bicycle when you're moving so slowly. And really, you, you get you have the opportunity to experience so much. And I feel like a lot of that I am missing, but it's for a good, you know, it's for a good cause. And I'm super proud of what I'm doing. And I, you know, I've raised over $40,000 so far. So things are great. Don't get me wrong. But it is a very big difference. Like when you're working, you know, when I'm, I'm crunching through the stuff and emailing schools and really in the grind. I, I'm not doing like the travel stuff, although I'm covering all these miles. I'm not really absorbing, uh, absorbing where I am, you know, so it's it's great in its own right.
0: Yeah. And it, and it puts you on a schedule, which, again, has its benefits, also has its disadvantages. If you know you have to be at a school or at a company or anything like that, you know, there there might be some type of experience you've had you would have if you know, if you're open at, and you're like, I'm just going to bunk down here for three days because I'm just going to hang out and I want to hang out in the villages with all these old people. So uh, three days here, you know. So you might miss some of those experiences, but it is. I just think it's something to be aware of for people because it is something that I've seen in my life as well. When I'm and I've had to kind of split the two a little bit. Okay, I'm here. I'm going to work, or I'm going to I'm going to spend this week working and this week traveling, or even these couple days working and these couple days traveling because. I felt like I wasn't doing either to its fullest capacity and so that's been something that I've learned is just, you know, trying to focus on one and and being okay with that and then going on to the other and and you know, everyone does it differently, but I think it is something that people need to be a little bit aware of if they are planning a trip or if they're trying to work from the road or something like that.
1: Oh yeah, I totally agree and and uh, I'm reminded of a time I was crossing the north, I got into Yellowstone National Park and I was with I was with 3 uh, really nice French girls and one buddy another veteran. And uh, we were all together in this in this group. And uh, we hit Yellowstone National Park. And they're like, "Oh my god, we're gonna stay here. This we'll we'll stay a couple days here." And I'm like, "Oh man, I'm on a schedule. I gotta get to Seattle in time for the school year to start. So I could I could park it for one day, but I had to get going, you know." And they're they're just hanging out, and I became really jealous. I was envious. I was like, "Oh man, I wish I could do that, but I can't, you know. I gotta stay on the schedule. So you gotta balance it." So
0: <laughs> how often have you ridden with other people? And I know I. I knew you were a stats nerd because <laughs> I actually, my favorite section of your website, which I was checking out earlier, is that you have a stats page. And I want to get into all the stats in just a little bit because it's it's awesome. And it's exactly <laughs> what I would do if I was doing yours. So that's really cool. But how often have you been traveling with other people? And as you mentioned, you have a social media following and you also couch surf and go to warm showers. So have you seen that like an uptick in the amount of people that ride with you now? And are you looking for people to ride with you? Yeah, no.
1: It there, actually, it's a little bit lower because uh, it was more popular. It's more popular to ride a bicycle in the summertime, obviously. So when I was crossing the north, I, you know, you just run into a cyclist. You'd see a guy, you know, with a bicycle full of bags, and you say, hey, "Where are you going?" And he says, "I'm going west." Well, so am I. So you would kind of jump on board and and hang out for a couple of days, and then go your separate ways. Whenever uh, now, I have really haven't ridden with anybody in a long time because. Uh, it's wintertime now, so the the weather hasn't been quite as good. Although down in Florida, it's pretty nice. Certainly a pretty day today. Uh, but um, yeah, so it, it's actually gone down a little bit. My my uh, my percentage of riding with someone else has actually gone down. So it's hard too for people to like get on board, you know, because most people, most of my followers are behind me, not in front of me. You know, the, the people that catch on are. are find out about it when I'm, you know, coming through town. So ahead of me, people don't know to be able to schedule in and say, okay, I'll ride with you for a little bit. Cause I'm already, you know, I'm already gone. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: So hopefully people listening <laughs> to this, we're going to put this out as quickly as possible. Sweet. And again, you can check the schedules on, on your, on your site, but you'll be in New York city. Like your trip will be ending. You have a specific date, right?
1: Right. April 28th is when I'll be finished. And I'll be in uh, like Raleigh, North Carolina on April 11th. I'll be in uh, I'll be in Myrtle Beach, I think, on the the fourth or fifth of April. I'll be in Savannah, Georgia. I'm going backwards now, Savannah, Georgia, at the end of this month. At the end of um, what month? are We May? No, March. 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 <laughs> we're in March. Okay, we're in March. Yeah, I'm, I have no concept of the time. I don't have holidays. I don't have weekends. I have no clue. I've got miles to do. That's it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so. <laughs> we're, we're going to do something crazy. So we're recording, guys, on Monday, March 21st. We're going to turn this around, uh, I hope. I'm speaking for the whole production team and everything here. But uh, we'll make it happen. Brush we're going to turn this around by tomorrow. Like You're going to listen to this when it comes out. If you're listening when it comes out, Tuesday, March 22nd. We'll put it out tomorrow so that we will give you as much a chance as possible to hook up with Brian. Because you'll be in Florida for a little bit. And yeah, then you're working your way up the East Coast. And you guys can change Check that out on his schedule page. But if you are a cyclist or even if you're not a cyclist and you want to welcome Brian into your place or anything like that, um, we'll give you all the info at the end of the podcast of how to do that. But if you want to cycle with him, you're looking for people, I would assume, to, to join you on this last little bit at points, right?
1: Sure. It's great. It's great to have company. You know, it's been it's a lot of fun to have anybody, anybody join. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> that is cool. All right. Let's, let's talk about the stats. Let's do the nitty gritty here. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, first... What will be roughly your total mileage for, for the entire trip?
1: Yeah, it's about uh, 11,500 is what I'm gauging right now. That'll be the total mileage.
0: Okay, and you've got a bunch of other stats. So like that's the basic <laughs> stat, right? How many miles you've covered? And and I guess the other one would be how many days of riding will you have done by, by the end?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I know that the trip will take me almost exactly a year. I may, I may finish about one week shy of a full year. And as far as riding days are concerned, you know, I'll put that together at the end. um, But I don't know exactly. I probably take maybe, maybe a day off a week, maybe even more because I deliberately am riding slowly so that I can stop. I want to park it in a city for a day or two to be able to access as many schools and, you know, universities all the way to elementary as possible and corporations. So Um, it has, it hasn't been a race. I've been, you know, slowly and steadily moving along so I can speak at schools, but I don't know. I would say, I would say once or twice a week, I'm off the bike and just doing a lot of talking.
0: Yeah. And so what is the longest that you actually spent in, in a certain area? Has it been a day or two or was there any chunk that you spent for a while somewhere?
1: I've spent, my dad came out to LA to visit me. His best friend lives out there. Great guy and. I think I stayed like five full days, maybe four full days in one place. And that's like epic. You know, that's that's just huge. So uh, that's probably been the longest four or five days. But most of the time, it's just it's maybe a two day max. But now, like riding up the East Coast, I'm kind of hurrying back to New York City in order to make it in uh, under a year. So that'll be um, about one day. I'll park it in each place. That means two nights, as you know. So it's, it's one full day, two nights in uh, in each of my stops.
0: Awesome. And speaking of nights, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I have I have your stats up on my computer. So if you forget anything, um, <laughs> I, I got you covered too. But speaking of nights, you, you have a really cool thing on here where you said the money spent... On for sleeping arrangements, right? And we mentioned how you how you were doing it. So, uh, what does it break down to per night that you've been spending on on accommodations, basically?
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna have you help me with all these stuff because it was a while ago that I updated these bad boys, but I know it's way low because I've only spent about. Um, You know, every once in a while, I'll have to spend $5 for camping or so. That's when I'm like, that's when I have to camp. Most of the time, I do a thing called stealth camping, where I really just ride and jump off the road behind a bush and don't pay anything. Um, So I've really been keeping those numbers low. What is it? I I can't remember.
0: On your site, it says 22 cents per night. So so give or take a few cents here and there,
1: right? I'm sure it's less than that actually now because I've been going so long without paying the camping you know so yeah it's it's very low so there you go yeah talk
0: about traveling more and spending less guys anyone who can beat (laughs) 20 cents a night you're really doing well um that is awesome also one of the things you mentioned at the top of the show one of one of the things that you're well i don't know if you're passionate about it but one of the things that you talk about all you're saying is peanut butter consumption because for you that's obviously a great way to to Get in some calories. I love peanut butter too. I'm not riding a bike 100 miles a day, so I have to limit my peanut butter intake. What is the goal with a peanut butter? Like, is it just an easy, quick way for you to get calories in, or do you just love doing it?
1: Well, I, I love peanut butter for sure. But um, it, it's a great source of protein and, and, and calories. And it's great for uh, sandwiches. I, I do peanut butter and jelly. I do a lot of peanut butter and honey. Um, yeah, I've consumed a ton of peanut butter. But it's a great source of energy. And when you're spending as much as I am, it's, it's like fuel. It's literally fuel. So it's, it's been the, the best.
0: Awesome. More I, you you frame it more than a tenth of a pound of peanut butter every single day.
1: Yeah. Well, then and that number. Let me think. I'm at uh, I'm at about twenty six pounds consumed since May. So twenty six pounds of peanut butter consumed on the road. So that one actually may be dropping a little bit because. Uh, I I mentioned this to someone and they said, oh, you better be careful. You're going to get a peanut butter allergy. I'm like, I've never heard of that before, but okay, I'll, I'll tone it down a little. So it's crazy.
0: (laughs) One of those, one of those things like you eat it too much, you're going to get an allergy. That's funny. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, maybe an old wives' tale. I don't know. Is that
1: possible? I, yeah, I don't know. I googled it. You know, I, I I found some things. Yeah, okay, you get a peanut butter allergy. I don't know. You know, I just I keep it doesn't. You know, it doesn't really slow me down that much. But whatever. Better <laughs> safe than butter. sorry a
0: little bit, right? With a peanut butter, <laughs> exactly. you'll cut it down. You'll cut it down to one twentieth a pound of peanut butter a day. Then
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do a lot of Nutella too. Nutella's good. Uh, everything works. I mean, calories are calories and I'm just hammering them.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. What about the uh, the bike? How is that held up? Because I know you talk about, um, you know, new sets of tires and stuff like that. Have you had any type of issues with the bike or, or run into things where you're like, oh man, like this is going to waylay me in any way?
1: Yeah, no, I'm telling you, this is this is crazy. So um, I got my bike from a home bike shop in Wrightsville, PA. A guy named um, uh, Andy has been helping me out crazy. It's called uh, uh The Cycle work and these guys are awesome like they did all my measurements they they did everything and uh, got me set up on this bicycle and I'm telling you it's been bulletproof like I've had uh so I've had 10 flats in the rear and one flat in the front but that's not you know the bikes fault. you get flat tires this is what happens but other than that my bike never misses a shift it's been perfect the whole time I've been lucky now it's it's made for bicycle touring so it's really like a tank you know this thing is it's you know chromoly steel it's a super heavy bicycle but uh, it's been fantastic. I Even my, my wheels have been aligned the whole time. I can't believe how strong the bike's been. It's been great.
0: Nice, nice. Well, guys, we got a lot of... There are a lot of other stats he has on his site. I can't wait to personally see the pie charts and all when the trip is done. (laughs) But everything from how many people have flicked you off and and how that relates to the miles (laughs) ridden. I think it was one person. I'll look it up here. One person every 84 days. So That's
1: not bad. That's
0: not bad. bad. (laughs) Which is awesome. So check that out if you guys go to the site with the stats page, um, if you are a stats geek like like me and Brian. Uh, Just really cool. I guess the last stat we should touch on, how many how many states will you actually hit when you make your way back up to New York?
1: Yeah, it'll be, uh, I've calculated it'll be 37 states total. So it'll be about 37 states altogether.
0: That's really, really neat. So you got to go back and give some love to those other, at least those other What what would it be? 11 that that in the continental U.S. and then, you know, figure a way to get up. I guess you could bike up to Alaska. Hawaii might uh, prove a little more difficult. Um,
1: (laughs) That's a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh, there was a guy who came on the podcast, one of the very first ones, guys, uh, Jason Lewis, who biked. Well, he made a pedal boat and he went across the Atlantic and the Pacific. So
1: I I didn't hear about that. Yeah.
0: First uh, (laughs) human powered. Circumnavigation of the globe uh, it only took him, Whoa. I believe, fourteen years. So no big deal.
1: Um, <laughs> slow and steady. Slow and steady. Slow and steady.
0: Have you had some um, favorite experiences? I know this is always like the the big question. People are now, what's your favorite country? What's your favorite? Thing? But have you had any experiences that you that have just blown you away even more so than the typical? Hey, I'm out here riding a bike. For charity and for fun, this is an amazing life. Um, had there been times where you just sat back and thought, "This is really, really what it's all about,"
1: yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, the whole West Coast was incredible. If you go from north to south, I went mean from Seattle to San Diego. For some reason, there were wonderful tailwinds just pushing me down, and then on top of the the, the wonderful winds. Uh, the scenery was unreal I mean the the, the cliffs down to the ocean um, really breathtaking times and um, yeah that was that was just unbelievable scenery it's actually a little bit hilly out there too but uh, it was well worth it uh, a couple of the times this may sound a little unique but in the uh, crossing the great plains like it's really a lot of nothingness and because of that there's there's so much sky out there, and it's it's uh, very unique and and so desolate it almost has its own beauty. Um, but certainly, like the Rocky Mountains, breathtaking. Like Yellowstone National Park, gorgeous. I mean, just go, the Black Hills. Um, there have been many many situations. Oh, this is a really good one. In uh, Arizona, I was in um I was in on the Arizona New Mexico border, and I was camping, stealth camping, of course. <laughs> and uh, I you know I, I was in my tent, and it's like freezing cold. It's like like 20 degrees. I, I had to pee. I'm in my tent. I jump out and I swear it took the breath out of me. The um, stars were so crystal clear. It was like they popped out at you because there's no light pollution. There are no cities within you know, hundreds of miles. I mean, there's just nothing around. So the stars were unbelievable. It actually reminded me of when I was in Iraq. We used to take our night vision and look into the sky with our night vision. And uh, it would really pull the light out of the stars. It, it reminded me of that. It was beautiful. So there's several situations. I mean, I got tons of stories like that, but it's all been amazing.
0: That that is incredible, and I have there all right. So we got we got to flip it around a little bit because obviously most of the time it's really really great. Uh, we always tell people you should travel, get out there, but all of us have had experiences where things have gone wrong or it's just been not what you expected. Um, whether that's setting expectations too high or or anything else, has there ever been a time for you a day or a moment where you thought? why am I doing this? Or, or even has there been a chance that you wanted to quit? I know you said when you put your mind to it, you do it, but has there, has that ever happened during this trip at all?
1: Uh, actually, no. You know, th- that's a great question because a lot of people ask me that and um, quitting is not in my vocabulary. It's like I, I said I was going to do it and now I'm going to do it. So of course there have been some rough days. There have been some really rough days. And actually today I'm set up for a pretty rough day. I've got about 68 miles to go and a Seventeen mile an hour headwind, so uh, it's gonna be a doozy. But you know, I, I've had rough days, but the trip in general has been fantastic. So I've wanted to sometimes quit the day, but never quit the ride, and it's honestly never even crossed my mind. I just put my mind to it, and I make it happen. So yeah, there've been some rough ones. <laughs>
0: have there? Have there been days where you had to where you had to say like like maybe you had a plan in place and you had to say. All right, this just isn't happening. Maybe it was pouring rain, or physically you weren't feeling it, or just something came about, and you're like, All right, I'm ending today early because it's not, it's just not my day type thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, for the most part, like I said, I try to line up places to stay. So that puts a little bit of pressure on me to get to where I got to go. And, um, you know, my weather app is pretty good. I use the Weather Channel app, and it tells me wind direction and uh, what the weather's going to be like. So the day before, I can almost always gauge. I'm trying to think if there was ever a day where I bailed out. Uh, sometimes when I don't like, uh, it'll be like several, you know, a couple hundred miles or whatever between my next place where I have lined up. And then it's not so much, it's just an average mileage I need to keep. And sometimes I don't make those average mileage, but uh, you know, I've never missed a talk at a school. I've never, I don't think I've ever missed, um, you know, you know, getting to where I needed to go. It's been pretty solid. It's been pretty good.
0: That is, that is crazy. I, one of the things that I found on your site too, what was the longest, uh, or most amount of miles that you biked in one day, because you did something crazy. Was it on Christmas Day or, or something oh, like yeah. that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: fully loaded. So these are loaded and unloaded miles. Fully loaded was 148 miles. But again, you know, wind is king on a bicycle. I had a straw. I had a 20 mile an hour tailwind and it was flat out in like Yuma, Arizona, something like that. So I was just ripping on that day and uh, that was a that was a great day. Fairly easy too. I've had days that were, you know, 60 miles that were worse than that. Like today is going to be probably worse than my 148 miles because the wind is the only thing that matters. Now Christmas Day, that was an unloaded uh, day. What I did was, I had the idea I'm like you know what I need to find I, w- I want to figure out one like good solid fundraiser and I figured you know the best way to do this was to ride my bicycle on Christmas Day as far as I could so I asked all the people I've met so far and all the people following along uh, to pledge you know a penny a nickel something like that per mile and uh, what happened was then I asked a bunch of businesses I said can you guys donate something to bicycle around America that I could raffle off that I could give away after this uh, Christmas Day ride and they said sure so they you know I had several businesses great. Great people send me stuff to give away, and um, I ended up riding. So I got uh, something like $30 per mile, a little more than that, per mile from people pledging. And I rode from midnight to midnight on Christmas Day. So all of Christmas Day, I was on the saddle. I ended up riding 301 miles on Christmas Day, raising, I actually raised $10,000 on the single day because a lot of people like who who uh, owed like 75, who promised, you know, pledged $75, they just said, that was so amazing, I'll just give you 100. And something like five or 600 extra dollars was donated to the cause. I mean, it was incredible. It was a ten thousand dollar day, and it was fantastic.
0: It was great. How were you feeling the next day?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I thought for sure I'd sleep for like twelve hours. I'd be down. Yeah, I wasn't. I slept for about seven, and when I woke up, I felt a little achy. For sure, it was almost like uh, you know, you get pneumonia. You're like really sick, and your whole body is tired. That's how I felt. But, you know, the day after I was ready. I mean, I was I was in Austin, Texas at the time. And really, my body recovered quickly. I was I'm in really good shape. So that, that I, I think my body was just prepped to come back. And it, and it did. I was OK. Like two days later, I'm like, all right, let's do it. I got a the bike back up and headed to Tyler, Texas.
0: <laughs> so when when you do that unloaded day, you then had to come back to get your stuff or did someone was someone nice enough to like drive it to you and meet you? How did that work?
1: No, well I was doing circles around Austin, Texas. Okay. Actually around a big parking lot in Austin, Texas, because since I'm racing, I'm trying to hit that three hundred mile mark. I I was on the street for a little, but every time I'd hit a stoplight, I'd have to stop. And that like imaginary paceman moving twelve point five miles an hour was getting away. So I'm like, Okay, I'll just jump in a parking lot. I'm doing huge circles. So at the end of the day I started and finished at my friend's apartment in Austin, Texas. And uh, you know, just picked my stuff up and, and headed out the uh, two days later. <laughs>
0: Dude, besides the fact that you raised $10,000 that day, the best part of the story is that you were doing it in circles. You were literally riding an extra 300 and some miles to get nowhere, which is awesome. Oh, man. It shows my dedication.
1: That's what I'm talking about. That
0: does show your dedication. That is that is incredible, Brian. I got to ask you before we go, we kind of asked this, but you know everyone's favorite question is, have you had any mishaps or something that's happened along the way that maybe it was your fault? Like you did something and you thought, oh my gosh, this is really dumb. Um, in hindsight, it's funny, but when it was happening, maybe it wasn't so funny. Has there been anything that's come up that that you've just that you've done wrong, or or that has happened to you that you're like, okay, well, you know, let it be.
1: <laughs> sure. sure. Well, the whole thing's been a learning experience for sure. And uh, this one time, I was riding through these towns. Uh, I was crossing the north. And these big clouds started rolling in. I'm like, you know, I've got, I got to put in these miles. I got to go. Should I wait you know, you know under this stuff, pavilion or should I go? And I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it. Well, I started riding and now I'm like, you know, six miles out of town or so. Not far, not far at all. And it just starts pouring and it pours so hard. Like it's like stinging my lips. Now there's nowhere to go now. There's, there's nothing around. So I just kept riding and it's dumping rain. And I was just like, oh man, I should have hung out for a little couple more minutes. Let the storm pass. Um, other than that, I mean, I've had one time where I camped in a really rough storm. That was kind of crazy. But, uh, as far as mistakes, no, the biggest mishap is like, uh, Getting a flat tire. Oh, that's a doozy. You know, you got to park, you got to pull over, you got to, I got to take all the ba- the bags off the bike, flip the bike upside down, change the tire. That's a little bit of a pain, but you know, it happens when you're riding a bicycle this far, you're going to get a flat. So those are the biggest ones I can think of.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Well, what is next in the pipeline for you? Do you have another adventure planned or do you have anything uh, built around a uh, bicycle around America that you're going to continue on? What, what's coming up?
1: Yeah, you know um I am going to uh, th- this also does not make my mother very happy. You know, she's like, "Come home, you know, hang out, get a girl, be normal for God's sake, get married. <laughs> What's wrong with you?" So, uh yeah, so um I'm actually going to uh Dubai after this. I've had a lot of uh, people say, oh, you should come work here, work there. So I've gotten a couple opportunities, and I tell people I'll let the wind take me where it needs to go. But I'm actually heading with my buddy Travis, uh, another Travis, in, uh, to Dubai, and I'm going to um, do some some work over there. He offered me a job at, in uh, sales and marketing, which is what my degree is in. And uh, I'm going to go over there and hang out, and um, hopefully I, I want to make a little bit of money and uh and then do more philanthropic things and more you know things for fundraisers and charities and things. That's that's a game plan. So I'll, I'll take about a year or two and actually make money for the first time, hopefully, if it goes right, and then uh and then figure out the next uh the next travel endeavor, you know?
0: <laughs> awesome. That is so great. And uh Brian, thanks so much for joining us today for taking uh, the time out of your day, especially a day when you're, you know, you've got a little bit of miles ahead of you, you got a tough, a tough headwind. I mean, maybe this is a good excuse, right? To, to not hop on the bike a little earlier. Um, exactly. It, it's been really cool. The amount of, the amazing uh, amount of money that you've been able to raise, uh, especially for such a cool endeavor, one that we back as well, Pencil of Promises, as, as well as the Military Foundation. Remind people one more time how they can find out about you. Of course, also, if they want to support, if they want to donate, um, help you reach a goal, what, how can they find it? Where can they go? how can they connect with you?
1: Sure. So uh, my my website is called bicyclearoundamerica.com. And on there, you can read all my stats, all kinds of stuff. And there's a donate page as well. And uh, on the donate page, you can choose to either donate towards my uh, GoFundMe account that helps me with the expenses of the ride. And then on there, I promise to whatever's left over, I'll split it up and donate to charity anyway. So this, this, this year will be exactly $0 for me. Or you can donate directly to charity through my donation page. So uh, totally up to up to everyone to do with that. Uh, the best way to keep up with me really is through my social media accounts. I do every. There's another thing that keeps me very busy. I've got uh, Facebook and Instagram are both Bicycle Around America, and then I've got uh, Twitter and Snapchat, which are Bike Around USA. So I'm really active on my Snapchat. I keep up with everything and uh, and just you know keep a really uh, daily log. And I'm always posting stuff on all those accounts. So you can keep up with me any way you want. And my Gmail too, bicyclearoundamerica@gmail.com. If if there are any, uh, if you know any teachers or any schools that may be interested in a very inspirational message, I'm I'm totally open to uh, to come visit for sure. And it's been great. The kids love it. They go nuts of all ages. They just really get a kick out of the the bicycle and the message and my travels. I have pictures. It's it's been fantastic.
0: That is awesome. And remember guys, so we're recording March 21st, 2016. We're going to turn this around. Uh, I'll make sure the team gets on it and, and I'll get on it March 22nd, 2016. This will be coming out. You can listen to it live. So if you're listening either right when it comes out or anytime all the way up until April 28th. Brian will be out on the road. Uh, you can go to his schedule. You can see that. And uh, if you want to hop on a bike with him, I'm sure you'd appreciate that. That would be awesome. I'm going to try to do it if I'm in Philly when you come through Philly. So <laughs> nice. um, if anyone else is listening from Philly and wants to get on a bike with us, that would be really, really cool. So, guys, check that out. Um, if you want to go donate, that would be amazing. Uh, just a really cool thing that Brian's doing. So Bicycle Around... America.com. <laughs> of course, we will link all that up in the show notes. pack of Peanuts.com slash pods. You can get the show notes. We touched on so much stuff here, Brian. It was funny. I was writing notes as we were talking. There is four podcasts that I want to mention. If anyone, I mean, we have I think this is going to be 222. Uh, you know, don't kill me if I'm wrong exactly on that number. But we have a bunch of podcasts, but there's so many. That if they if you guys liked Brian's story and Brian this for you too if you want to if you know I I won't give you international ones I'll give you ones um, that you can listen (laughs) to here while you're biking you're doing your like going way back episode 15 we did a thing with Tom Allen about epic bike trips he took a three three year bike trip awesome guy also made a film about it called John listen to that guys Uh, Jessica Lawrence did a bike trip across America that was episode 26 she was the first person to turn me on to warm showers so when you're talking about that yeah she mentioned that I had never heard. Heard of it and she's like, Oh, it's couch surfing for bike touring. I'm like, Right on. <laughs> so true. That's awesome. Um, episode 50, uh, headed West with Leon McCarran. Uh, he actually came back on and he's he's been on twice now, but he did a bike trip across America, was the beginning of his adventure travel. he's a he's an adventurer now. Like nice that's, that's his job. And this was the first trip that that uh spurred that on, and he's done crazy stuff like pulling a sled through the Iran desert and stuff like that. So um, yeah, cool guy. And um, another veteran who I just met up with um, last week, again, in person, really cool guy named Akshay Nanavati, guys. He's uh, looking to run across every single country in the world. So episode 51, it's called The Incredible Quest with Akshay Nanavati. So if you guys like this and Bri, if you're looking for a podcast, those are some you might like. Uh, go listen to some of the archives.
1: All right, thanks, man. Love the show. Yeah. Love
0: it. And uh everyone, if you you know, I met Brian through Matt, a good friend who, who biked with him a little bit. If you guys are interested in this unconventional location independent lifestyle, whether that means starting a business or going out bike touring and you, you want to figure out a way to make money and merge your passions and all that kind of stuff, uh, check out locationindie.com. You can also text location I-N-D-I-E. You can text indie to 33444. You'll get on our email newsletter list through crazy technology that I don't know how it works, but you text that from your phone and you'll be on our email newsletter list. We'll let you know when we're accepting, accepting new members and everything like that. Um, so check that out. And, uh, uh, our sponsor for today's show, Tortuga Backpacks. If you want to get 10% off, um, any purchase of the Tortuga Backpack, make sure you use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. That'll get you that. Bri. Thanks for joining us on your peanut butter slash Panera break today. I really appreciate it, man.
1: Hey, Trev. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate uh, talking to you guys and talking to your audience. has been fantastic.
0: Yeah, and uh, go tackle that headwind. I hope today isn't the day that finally breaks you, I right?
1: Know. I'll let you know. <laughs> now now you have
0: to stick to it because we've got people listening who are going to hopefully be joining you on the road. So not that you need more motivation. You seem really, really intent on it and just awesome what you're doing. It was so great to connect with you, man. It's It's incredible. What you're doing.
1: Hey, thanks, man. You too. It was great. Great connecting, man. I really appreciate the time.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today, letting uh, Brian share your story, letting me gab at you for another hour uh, this week. Thank you for the continued support. As always, it keeps us as the number one radio travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy 22 cent a day travel.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers, great. Brian. All right, thanks, man. I'll see you, bud. I'll show you Paris. <laughs>